Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We are once again very happy to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF and we are so glad that you have become part of the listening family here on WMAF. This broadcast not only uh, goes to Madison and North Florida, but also to other states in the United States and other nations in the world. We received an email from Africa where uh, an African pastor and his congregation listened by computer, and they discovered us on WMAF. So uh, I want you to know that your radio station right there in Madison is having having a an outreach to the world with uh, with the programming good classic family friendly country music that you just can't hardly find anywhere else anymore and uh, preaching and teaching of the word of god by myself and others who broadcast here and we're just so glad to know that in this day of of such technological breakthroughs that we can be part of the great company that is using this technology uh, to get the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. Praise God. We know we have a family that listens uh, from Arizona and uh, that has visited our church. And we greet you today and we pray that you are well and blessed. Uh, we know that there are folks listening in Bangor, Maine. And we know there are people that are listening in other parts of the United States today. And we just welcome all of you today, especially especially right there in your hometown in Madison and North Florida. If you would like to come to our website, type in THCOG, and it will take you to the Holy Church of God, incorporated right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates. Having said that, we want to get back into our subject and continue the teaching on of all sufficient in Christ's sufficiency, being sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And we talked about last week uh, the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. I want to read that again for our second edition on this subject, Sufficient in God's Sufficiency. Listen to it carefully. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed to both be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Once again, I want to read Matthew Henry's comment on this particular verse of Scripture. And he says, Christ, which strengtheneth me, denotes a present and continued act, not a one-time event, but a continual day-to-day, moment-to-moment. Praise God. And we talked about the reason that Paul was able to make that statement. He had discovered three pillars of strength to give him that sufficiency, and it began with sufficient grace. And we talked about the sufficiency of God's grace. Listen, friend, everything we are, everything that we have as believers, as Christians today, 
is the result of the grace that God has provided through what Jesus Christ has done for you and me at the cross. And that's why the Apostle Paul said it so very clearly in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. He said, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God. Of all the, the mighty anointing and appointing that Paul had as an apostle, and all the works that were being accomplished uh, by and through him, as the Holy Spirit was able to move so mightily in his life, he obviously referring to the other disciples and apostles, he said, because of the grace of God, I, I labored more abundantly than they all. But he said, it wasn't really me. I won't take personal credit uh, for it. It was because of the grace of God. Not I, but the grace of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Grace. God's unmerited favor that is granted to us that allows Him to move in our life. Listen to what someone said about grace. I, I just must read this again. My grace he said those words involve omnipotence, omniscience, the possession of all divine resources, the perfect knowledge of all human needs, and the perpetual presence of Christ everywhere with His people. His grace is exhaustless, absolutely adequate, infallibly unfailing. Hallelujah. Praise God. The promise of his presence and power gave Paul courage and confidence. Hallelujah. So Paul knew that when trouble came to his life, when when opposition came to his ministry, uh, when he sensed the weakness and fatigue that we all do from time to time, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually, he knew God's promise was sure to him. My grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and by that same grace, I accomplish what I have accomplished for Jesus Christ. Not by the force of my uh, resolve, not by something intrinsic to my humanity, but something that is, is intrinsic to God's divinity. His wonderful heart that grants grace. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord by the Holy Spirit being manifested to us in the time of our greatest needs and the time of our 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 situations that overwhelm us. You know, the psalmist David said, not if, but when my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. For the Lord has been a refuge for me and a shelter for me from my enemies. Hallelujah. 
So we're wanting to help lead uh, those folks today that feel overwhelmed by life circumstances, by persecution, by the loss of a loved one, the loss of your job, your career, the loss of, of whatever it is in your life that is overwhelming to you. I want you to look to God today for the grace, the grace the grace that Paul said is all sufficient to me. Hallelujah. It will bring you through what you're going through if you will look to the Lord and not give up on God and not give up on yourself. When your soul is overwhelmed within you, then look up. Look up. Praise God, if your legs are going out from under you from fatigue, uh, fall upon your knees and cry out to God. He has provided a grace that is nothing short of amazing. And Paul had tapped in to that grace of God. Amen. I want to read this again. It's so important to get this. We look at Paul as a paragon of spiritual power. Thirteen of the twenty-seven books... Some some may argue over the book of Hebrews, but roughly half of the, the divided scriptures of the New Testament were written by him, given to him by revelation of the Holy Spirit, amen, and preserved for us to this day. God entrusted him with that much, and yet Paul said, it is nothing of myself. It is all due to God's grace. 1 Corinthians 15.10, but by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I. Yet not I. He wouldn't take credit. Uh, he wouldn't give credit to his great faith. He wouldn't give credit to the fact that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't give credit to the great revelations that he had. In fact, he said, if I leaned on those things, particularly the revelations... He said, he said, lest I be lifted up above measure, there was given to me an emissary from Satan to buffet me because of the many revelations that I had received. You see, man has a hard time tapping into the grace of God and finding the sufficiency of it and of God and of Christ when we are sufficient in ourselves. I hear so many teachings and preachings today about my faith, my revelation, and, and I, I, I just, I'm, I'm taken back by that in light of the scriptures that I'm sharing with you. Yes, Paul said, I can do all things, but only through Christ who strengtheneth me. And we're discovering the source of that strength begins with the sufficiency of God's grace today. He said, it's not I. It is the grace of God that is supporting me, sustaining me. So we're talking about this grace of God today that is available to you but on, and to me, but only when we come to an end of ourself. That was the first pillar that Paul found as a necessity to be able to sustain him and support him. And speaking of supporting, the second thing he discovered was supporting love. Supporting love. Listen to what he said in Romans eight thirty-five through 39. 
He said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He found grace sufficient to sustain him and love sufficient to support him. We have God's help, friend, today because we have his heart. I want to say that again. We have God's help today because we have his heart. He doesn't just keep his promises to prove his integrity, but primarily because he loves us. Because He loves us. His covenant with Abraham was not just a legal document that God entered into. It's because He loved deeply enough to make a love commitment. And that's where the covenant uh, came forth. It is covenant love. It is love by covenant And God is a covenant-keeping God. In fact, the Bible said of His love that He did not set His love on ancient Israel because they were more in number than any other people. But because He made a promise to Abraham to love the unlovable. Hallelujah. He said, in fact, of, of his, his ancient people and in that first covenant of, that he struck with Abraham that became a pattern for the new covenant through the sacrificial system. Listen to what he said about them. I didn't choose you because you were more in number, because you were a noble and wonderful and, and glorious nation. He said, he said but I, that I might keep my promise to Abraham. To demonstrate the strength of his covenant and the depth of his love. He chose a people that he said of them himself. (laughs) He said, you're really a hard-hearted, hard-headed people. But he kept his covenant. And when they failed, though there was corrective judgments and chastisements, when they returned to him, he returned to them. This is a love covenant. This is a love story from cover to cover in the Bible. God is a God of love and grace and mercy. Hallelujah. We have God's help today, friend, because we have His heart. He doesn't just keep His promises to prove His integrity. I want to say it once again. But because He loves us. Romans 8 and verse 32 says, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not With Him also freely give us all things. Someone said, Love, not nails, held Jesus to the cross. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 said, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son 
to be the propitiation for our sins. This supporting love was something that Paul said, no matter what befalls me, nothing, no circumstance, no no person, no spiritual entity, nothing can befall me that will separate me from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. He was clearly sustained by grace and supported by love. The Bible speaks of the love of God in these terms in the New Covenant that, that we should be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. That means that we grow to an understanding of just how much God loves us. By the way, this love is not conditional love. For God so loved the world, the Bible said He gave His only begotten Son. Yes, this fallen, evil, wicked, rebellious, blasphemous world. And yet God loved this fallen world, mankind in this world, that He would give His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Here in His love, the Bible said, not that we love God, but that He loved us and gave His Son as the substitute, as the sacrifice for our sins. There's no love like this. And that's why it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. You know, when Peter tried to defend Christ, when they came to take Him to the, to the Sanhedrin court that would begin His journey to the cross... Peter decided to, as an act of boldness, to pull out his sword and he, he tried to cut off a man's head or cut him and wound him in the neck and the man ducked and he just cut his ear off. Jesus reached down and took the ear and placed it back on the man's head and healed it immediately and said to Peter, put up your sword, put up your sword. In other words, I don't need you to defend me. I could call the armies of heaven, hallelujah, amen, and destroy this world. He could have destroyed the world and everyone in it and just give up on us and all mankind. But because He loved the world, because God loved to that degree, He went to the cross as a willing, willing victim Amen. Not a victim uh, of of Paul of of Rome. Not a victim, Paul said, of of Caesar. But if he was a victim of anything, he was he was victimized because of our sin. He took our sin, became our substitute to show us the strength of his love, and we're to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. You know, the Bible said in 1 John that, that fear hath torment. I looked up that word torment in the Greek, and it means penal imprisonment. It carries its own sentence and punishment. Fear hath torment. And he that feareth is not perfected in love. It's, we're not talking about our perfect love for God being perf- bringing perfection. We're talking about His perfect love for us. He's the perfect one. We're the imperfect one. He's the strong one and we're the weak ones. But that's 
okay. Because when I am weak and put my trust in Him, He grants His grace and I am made strong. And when I am broken and when I can't hold myself up, I am supported by His love. By the way, this love is not based on performance. It's not based on how well you are standing on His Word or how greatly you are believing with faith. This love is based solely on His heart that is set upon us by covenant. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that allows our faith to reach out to Him. This allows us to stand upon His Word because we are the recipients of divine, unfailing, unconditional love. Today He loves you, friend. You may be sinning against Him, but He loves you. And if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sin. Cleanse us from unrighteousness. If we return to Him, He says, I'll return to you. If we repent, He promises to show mercy and forgive today. This is the love of God. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. And He commended His love to us. In while we were yet sinners, that's why I said His love is unconditional. Now, there are conditions that must be met if he, to allow Him to express that love to us through forgiveness and deliverance and salvation. If we repent of our sin and come to Jesus, it releases God to express that love. But the love in His heart is already set upon you today. You may, have, you may be thinking, as I have heard, not so much recently, but in the past, that I, I've sinned away my day of grace. I want you to know, amen, that you can still come to Christ today. There's no sin so great that God cannot forgive except the sin that is unrepented of and unconfessed. That's what the unpardonable sin is all about. It's speaking against the Holy Spirit, the one who comes to convict us, resisting Him, rejecting Him, and walking away, accrediting His work to the work of demons and devils, thereby pushing back at the one who is pulling us toward the Lord. Oh, friend, you can turn around you can turn around. You can turn around right where you are. And you can run to the waiting arms of Jesus Christ today. Don't let the devil tell you that God does not love you. And God wants you uh, in hell instead of heaven. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't let your own conscience tell you that you're too evil and too wicked for God to forgive and to save and to set free. Friend of mine, because of supporting love, the greatest persecutor of Christians and through persecuting Christians, hitting out and lashing out at Jesus Christ was the great Apostle Paul. And because of the sins that he saw as so heinous uh, to himself and to God, he said, among sinners, I was the chief. I stood in first place. But look at his life. 
Look at His witness. Look at His testimony. Look at what He's saying to us today that He, he wrote in His letter to the, to the Romans and, and to, to the Corinthians. Look at what He is saying today. Amen. Look what grace has done. Look what sustaining grace has done. Look what supporting love has done in my life. It changed him. Hallelujah. From the inside out. Praise God. In fact, in fact, Christ told him that he would, he was, he was going to suffer. Uh, just like he told Peter. He told him, you're, you're going to suffer great persecution uh, just for preaching the gospel. And, and Paul said, I'm not only ready to suffer for him, to be persecuted for him, but I'm ready to lay down my life for him. Where did that devotion come from? Well, the scripture said, we love him because he first loved us. And First John said that fear hath torment, but perfect love Cast out all fear. And it begins with a statement. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. We have known by revelation and then realization of the love that God has for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Fear hath torment, but perfect love cast out all fear. If we continue to live in fear, we haven't been completed and matured and perfected in love. But when we begin to be supported by the love of God, it brings a deep, deep devotion unto Him. And we serve Him because we love Him. We serve Him not just because we dread His discipline or fear His judgment, but because we are loving Him back for loving us. It's a whole different dynamic, a whole different dimension of why we serve Him. That's why the deep, devoted discipleship grew inside of Simon Peter. Peter knew he didn't deserve the love that Christ was giving him after he had failed so miserably. He had denied the Lord and swore with an oath and said, I never knew Him. And he went out so convicted over that that he wept bitterly. But after the resurrection, amen, when Jesus came to Peter, amen, he said, do you love me? <laughs> and Peter saw the forgiveness in his eyes. He felt the love from Christ's heart. And, and he fell in love with the Lord. He fell in love with the Lord. He had made great promises to serve unswervingly uh, before he saw Jesus hanging seemingly helpless and hopeless on the cross. Fear gripped Peter's heart. He wasn't perfected in love yet. And fear gripped his heart. Fear for his own life that when 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 pressed upon by the crowd, uh, you're one of his followers, he swore with an oath and said, I never knew him. But the next time he saw Jesus, the next time he saw him, Jesus quizzes him and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, Yea, Lord. <laughs> and he said, Then feed my sheep. I'm not done with you. I'm not going to discard you. You're not perfected in love, but you are being perfected in love. Hallelujah. 
go and feed my sheep. He asked him a second time and then told him again, go and feed my sheep. And he asked him a third time and said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Amen. And Peter said, Lord, you know all things. He, he knew that Jesus was looking right into his heart. And he knew that in his heart, there was a love being reciprocated, a love being re- returned to the Lord for this unconditional love that Christ was giving him. You see, grace allows for unconditional love to be granted. And it is love in God's heart that allows grace to be given. So it's all working together to sustain you and to support us. Hallelujah, you and me together. I'm a product of grace today. Whatever I am, I, I can't say it any other way, but by, with Paul, <laughs> I am what I am by the grace of God. You know, Papa said, I am what I am. Well, I am what I am too, but only by the grace of God. I'm not a big shot. I'm not a, a big a preacher. I'm not a national evangelist, but I do everything I can with everything that's within me because of God's sustaining grace and supporting love. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody today that is wondering if you're going to get through your situation. Wondering, is God going to help you? Is God going to give you what you need uh, to overcome? And I'm going to tell you today, I believe that it's already flowing. And it's for you to recognize and receive today. For I believe that sustaining grace is flowing to you right now, right where you are this very day, no matter what that you are facing. And I'm equally convinced that supporting love is already flowing from the heart of God, from the hand of God, shed abroad in your heart initially by the Holy Spirit. Oh, friend, God loves you today. If you don't know Jesus Christ, come to Him right here and right now. Grace is calling you home. Would you come back next week, please? And let's talk about Jesus.